Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. here we're talking more true crime we seem to have been doing a lot of this lately i find it very fascinating and it just is all consuming for a lot of people i think the world is just fascinated this started like two years ago we had chris hansen from dateline on the show and then now all of a sudden we are just covering all these different things we have a very special guest uh, Kelly Hyman, she's an attorney, political analyst. You do all the things. I mean, what my question would be, what is it that you don't do uh, when it comes to this? So thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to meet you and chat with you. Oh, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be on your show. And thank you so much for your amazing um, viewers as well. Sometimes they say I'm a, a jack of all trades, master of none. So yeah, I do different things. Yeah, well, you're a podcaster. You have a podcast, Once Upon a Crime in Hollywood. And this season, and I will make sure we link this in our show notes. This is available to listen everywhere. I've listened to all the episodes that are available up to this point. And you're talking about a very famous case, the Ronnie Chasen murders. Uh, she was a Hollywood publicist. And then just one of the strangest things that could ever possibly happen and I, I think this is fascinating. And in this podcast or this season, you're tackling this, taking a deep dive into the 2010 homicide, looking at things all over again and reexamining the case. What made you take this one on in particular? Because there are a lot of things that you could cover. Absolutely. This story was very compelling to me as someone who grew up in the entertainment business that grew up in, in Hollywood. And Ronnie was so well known in the circles. She represented a lot of high profile mm -hmm. clients um, there when they won their Academy Award and being there when she uh, passed away, when she was, she was murdered. She was attending a star studded event with, with Cher. And so it was really, really compelling story. And there were so many, questions and so many twists and turns that I thought it'd be a great story to take a, a deeper dive and really, really look at it. What has the response been from people? I know you've been doing a lot of press about this and it's kind of goes both ways. It seems like that people have a lot to say, but overall, 
what has been your audience's response to you or the just the general public when, when it comes to this and re-examining it? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's great response. I'm very, very thankful. And people that have different opinions, that's why we leave it up to the viewers to make a determination about it. We lay out the facts, lay out the evidence, lay out the twist and the turn so they can make their own determination of whether the case should remain closed or as um, Ronnie Chasen's niece believes that the case should be reopened. Everyone has different kinds of theories and uh it's always nice to hear from different people about their different thoughts or different things of, of of what they think yes they got the right person no they didn't get the right person this happens it was this theory it was that theory and so it's it's been it's been wonderful to have such great um interest and enthusiasm in this in this story so when you are choosing to do this and go out and put this together obviously you know what you're going to talk about and that sort of thing. But when you start reaching out to say investigators or people who may be retired now that were a part of this, what is that response like? Right. You know, it's interesting. So it's, it's kind of like you have an idea and you do the research and look at it, but sometimes things take a, you know, di different turn, right. That you have some people that, that won't go on the podcast and say, no, I'm telling you, but I can't, you know, substantiate that on the podcast. Yeah. So unfortunately, the viewers don't get to hear about that because there's no one on record that's that's gonna gonna say that. And so you just try and be as as fair as, as possible and ask, you know, good good questions. I'm fortunate because of my legal background. It's it's always trying to be inquisitive and find that you know out. But I didn't have any preconceived notions or preconceived ideas because I think that's what a good storyteller does is, is let the story unfold and let the viewers make a determination on on what what they think that yes they got the right person absolutely it should be closed it's time to move on and whatever that case may be I, I respect that yeah I imagine as an attorney there's probably that part of your brain that really wants to you know, challenge and ask certain questions. But I think too, if you're dealing with family members, as you mentioned or whatnot, you have to go about it, I would guess, a very specific way because otherwise you might find somebody to shut down quickly. And then it's like, well, now what do I have to do? I have to go back and start from the scratch. Absolutely. Or you interview with people and you say, okay, let's, let's, you know, film this. And they say, no, I'm, I'm telling you off the record and I'm not going to be part of the podcast. And so you just, there's nothing, nothing you can, you can do about it. Um, and so you just have to say, you know, okay, I respect that. Um, but unfortunately I'm not going to be able to, you know, share that kind of, you know, philosophy because I don't have anyone to substantiate that and that, you know, understand and I, and I respect it. You know, that's just, it's, it's kind of, you know, what, what happens? We tried to get as much information as possible and present as much as we could possible to be fair to everyone. So when you put this all together and then you go to pitch it to iHeart where this is hosted exclusively, it is other places. Now, what is that conversation like? Are they like, we're interested? Do they come to you? How does that piece work? Because obviously you're doing all the work because you find the stories interesting 
you're able to su substantiate facts and get something that's packageable and ready to put out there because there's a bajillion podcasts out there. I mean, let's be honest, you know, and I was interviewing Gardley Smith who has the podcast, small town dicks, and she has the investigators with her and she talks to these people. And she said that she probably wouldn't be able to talk to half of the people that she talks to because if she didn't have them, but then you have to sell the show and get people interested in it. So my question, it's a little bit broad. I apologize, but w w walk us through that process of when you put it all together and now you have to get people to want it, basically. Right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I was very fortunate to to work with someone that was absolutely amazing that that helped with a lot of the research and do that. And I was very fortunate that that iHeart was very supportive of it and has, has stated that they've got really, really good comments uh, about it and and to be part of the iHeart um, platform, but also Apple Plus and, and other streaming places as, as well. And so it's really, really kind of nice to, to hear that and to get the opportunity to let the story unfold to the viewers. So I was I was very very fortunate to to have great group of people great great team to help with the with the research and iHeart was was very supportive from from the very very beginning. Now that's fantastic. When when the person that you're talking to goes, yeah, we definitely are on board with this, or they don't come back later and go, I wish we hadn't done this. Out of all this research that you've done in this very fascinating story, and I went on a deep dive on Google and YouTube, just really looking at all this. If there was one thing that you learned that you found the most fascinating when you decided to rewatch all of this and go through it, was there one thing that you stood out to you and not leading the witness per se, as, but just kind of saying like, what what did you find the most fascinating? Was there one thing? Was there a lot of things? I think there was a lot of things, but the first thing that comes to my my mind is, is is all her friends and the real the true love that her friends okay. have for her and still have for her. And whether it's someone that still feels that wish that things would have been differently and you know hasn't moved on or has moved on. There is a great amount of love for her and admiration. And no matter what is someone that was really, really had a positive impact on people and really made some changes, but had a strong group of friends that were really, really supportive of her and really there for her. And, and which is always very nice to hear that because I never personally and never will have the opportunity to to meet her. So it's everything I hear is from other other people. And we have you know one person on on the show that talks about her your friendship and what and what it was like and how she was supposed to be with her that night that that it happened and something happened and she wasn't able to attend the, the that that event and how life could have potentially you know been a lot a lot different for her if if um she did go and and talking about that and that still seems apparent to her but that love of that friendship that that bond of female friends 
is true and true. And, and that's just really, as a woman is really inspirational. Yeah. I can only imagine. I want to switch gears a bit because we talked about the topic of storytelling. You're an attorney by trade, but you do podcasting, you're on television, you do other types of interviews. I asked this because I think you'll get it. What is important to you when somebody is going to tell their story? Because some people can be very eloquent, but they can suck, pardon my crude word, at telling their story. Does that become frustrating to you? Like, do you just, in your mind as an analytical type thinker, go, oh my gosh. Like, I would just love to hear your general thoughts on this because I think our listeners and viewers will appreciate it. Like, what is important to you when somebody is going to tell their story? Whether it's this, a general interview, it could be anything, player's choice. I think it's important to to keep it keep it simple and really have a start, a middle, and an end, and and understand who your audience is and who you're speaking to. I, I think that's key and not assume stuff. I'll never forget when someone was telling me a story and they're mentioning people by names, and I have absolutely no idea who these people are or any context of thing and calling someone Sally or Jim. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, who are these people? What do they play? And I'm not really listening to the story because I'm so confused on what, what does that person mean by that? Who's that person role? And so I didn't want to interrupt the person telling the story. So it's really important because we're so used to things as a story. We, oh, we know who Sally, of course we know all know who Sally is or Jim is or who Bob is, or, and you're telling the story and what they did and what happened or where we are in time, or that you think something rather than saying it out loud. So I think it's really, really important to do that. And if it's something really important to have an opportunity to pitch it, as I say, to tell it to someone else first or, or practice it. And now it might come out a little bit different, but sometimes I usually try in practice, if I'm going to have to say something or do something just so I can get some kind of context and just some kind of feel. It doesn't always come out the way that I think that word by word, but just to kind of practice or imagine kind of what you're saying and how it's going. And I think that's kind of, kind of helpful. I love that. One last question, just fun and a little bit lighthearted. Are family members always soliciting you for legal advice or want to hear your just honest, brutal opinion about trials that are going on and just go, is this absolutely the most insane thing you've seen or heard? Because there's so much happening in our country right now, especially with the age of social media. I'm hearing about the Royals being chased by paparazzi and being compared to the mother, Princess Diana, you know, how tragic just those types of things, just fun and off the cuff. Yeah. Well, I am, um, a family of, of lawyers and, okay, all, well then. And, <laughs> and, and most of my, my, uh, good friends are, uh, female trial lawyers. And okay. we were discussing yesterday in DC and we had all had different opinions and it was fascinating to hear different people's perspective on it also from a legal standpoint as well what, oh you can bring this claim no you can't you could potentially bring that claim and what exactly happened so we were actually talking about that um 
four of my my dear and, and good friends were talking about that yesterday from a legal perspective. So we just kind of discussed those those kind of kind of things. But absolutely. But they're not asking, you know, they're all lawyers them, themselves. Okay. And, so it's more yeah. like, what would you do? Not what should I do? Basically. Exactly. We get to talk to, to each other, um, you know, about that and analyze it from a, a legal perspective, which is kind of always, always fun. And uh, to us, <laughs> maybe not to others. Right. Uh, and so, but, but analyzing it, like what can happen. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to go on um, TV last night and, and, and talk about it. And I'm very thankful that I had the opportunity to discuss it with my friends as well, because it's interesting to hear their perspective uh, that we, each one of us kind of had a, a different take on things. I love it. That clip, I saw that. That's what made me think of that question. Actually, I do have a follow-up. Do you keep up with all of these legal channels on YouTube, Emily D. Baker, all of these people. I don't know if you're familiar, just kind of counterintuitive to what we said. Do you watch those types of things and see what other people are saying? Or are you just insanely busy yourself and just have your own life to keep up with? Um, Like everyone else, I'm busy, but I adore Emily Baker. She is absolutely amazing. And I love to watch her videos and, and what she does. She is a true, true rock star. And Emily, if you, you see this, you do great work. And I think as, as women, it's important for us to support and, and, and empower each other. And there's there's so many amazing women that do this this kind of work. But there's also sisters-in-law as, as well. And it's 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 wonderful, especially as, as being a female and someone who's raised by a single mom from Australia that women need to support one another. And I'm very fortunate to have a strong group of female lawyer friends. Um, and I also have some that are not lawyers as well to do that. But we as women, it's important for us to empower and support one another. That's really, really key and, and important. And Emily is, is, is an example of someone who absolutely does that. Yeah, I love her. She does things with other people and it's fun to watch. Well, thank you so much. Once Upon a Crime in Hollywood, it's available on iHeart, uh, where we are re-examining the Ronnie Chasen case. And a million other things that you've done, just Google our guest name, uh, Kelly, and it will come up. There's so many fun and interesting things. I have a million other questions I could ask, but it would just be purely self-indulgent at this point. So thank you so much for your time and congratulations on this. I'm excited what is next for you. Thank you so much for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you. And thank you all to your uh, listeners. Absolutely. Thank you.